0: Today's show features a reselling conversation with one of the kings of reselling conversations over on YouTube. What is up, Galaxians? Welcome to another episode of the Galaxy CD's Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Uh, Today, we are going to put the talk in Reseller Talk Podcast and have a conversation with someone who has done, I don't even know how many. We'll have to ask him when we bring him on board. Please give a warm Galaxian welcome to Jeff Doris.
1: Hey, Jeff, how are you? Thank you for having
0: me. I appreciate you coming on.
1: I'm doing well. Thank thank you for inviting me.
0: Absolutely. I figured it was only right since I've been on your show once or twice in the past. Twice yeah Yeah. how how many interviews have you done how many guests have you had do you think
1: i don't know i probably have maybe oh like 450 almost 500 videos on my channel and maybe half of my shows have probably had interactive you know videos like this where i'm hanging out talking to other resellers and entrepreneurs so i would say maybe a couple hundred maybe 150 200 something like that
0: that's that's Pretty amazing. <laughs> that is a lot of folks. How do you how do you go about? I know how you reached out to me, but for for people who don't know how you do that process, um, I'm going to pull you up on the main screen. Talk a little bit about your your channel, where people can find you online, and then just kind of how you do that whole process.
1: Hey guys, well thank you for inviting me. Um, yeah, my name is uh, Jeff Doris. You guys have probably seen me. My YouTube channel is eBay Addicts, and I have a channel, and mainly uh, what we talk about is Mostly reselling up into the past two years, we mainly talk about reselling, but now it's gotten to the point where maybe half of my audience is resellers and the other half are people that just, are people who are just like, Jeff, you know, the first of the month is coming up in 10 days. Teach me how to make some money. My rent is coming up in 10 days or 15 days or whatever. So we come up with other creative ways to help people make money to pay their bills. But mostly uh, we do a mixture of having different uh, other content creators and other YouTubers and the whole idea of the whole idea of the concept is um I get to create content. I get to have other guests on my channel and help promote their channels and help them grow and get viewers and subscribers and all that. And the idea is, is I shoot it live. So I cuts out my time of me having to go back and edit the videos. And then we have viewers in the chat. If they want to come and ask questions, then hopefully it's interactive and the viewers get to ask questions instead of just tuning in and saying, Oh, this is a rerun of Bonanza. I've seen this episode three times already next. So that way they can be interactive. They can ask questions. They can be involved in the YouTube video instead of just sitting back passively. And hopefully they gain some new insight or some new perspective. And then they'll be able to find out, oh, okay, well, this person goes to the Goodwill Bins. This guy does pallets of merchandise. You know, this guy buys wholesale lots of merchandise. Let me see what different skills or techniques this guy's using and then kind of implement it into my business and what I do to help me make more money. So that's kind of the whole general consensus of how I try to do things.
0: That's awesome. And speaking of interactivity, if you are joining us today for the live, please feel free to uh, ask questions to either Jeff or myself. We've got a couple people here, uh, Regina, Michelle, thanks for coming out. Uh, Congratulations again in person on your 100th Hump Day Hangout show. Uh, And, My mom is here. (laughs) Uh, Hello. Thanks, Mom. I appreciate you coming out. (laughs) I'm not sure if she's ever come to one of these. So I haven't done a live in, gosh, it's probably been almost a year. If you've been following along at home, I've been up and down on how I want to do this channel. So I've decided to kind of start doing these again. And I thought, who better to have on first than you? (laughs) Because you have done... Hundreds. (laughs) Hundreds.
1: <laughs> I, I appreciate you reaching out to me. I appreciate you and having me on the channel. But uh yeah. Do
0: you have is there one that stands out of all of the ones that you've done? All the interviews, is there one you know, for good or bad, one that was particularly amazing or one that was awkward, or is there anything that
1: really stands out? Oh, it just some of the stuff that I have is just people because uh, long before I created YouTube content, I was a YouTube watcher. And so there's a lot of people that are not resellers, but just people that I like, like Reyes the entrepreneur, my friend uh, JT Hustle with JT Automations, uh, people like Rockstar Flipper or Rally Roots or people like Chris from Daily Refinement, people that I would be listening to their content while I was out running around doing my errands. Maybe I'd be out washing my car or going for a walk. And then when I would be going for a walk, I would have my headphones in or I would be listening to the people' content. And so for me to be able to... And ask them questions and interact with them and ask them questions of stuff that I've been waiting for three or four years to ask them has always been really great. Uh, The million dollar peddlers are people that I was able to pick their brains and ask them questions and see how they run businesses where they have, you know, 30,000, 50,000 items in their eBay store. Uh, Mr. Buys a lot. Someone like that that has. You know, I don't know 150,000 in items in his ebay store and then I look at my little ebay store that has like 8000 items And then I try to figure out. Well, what little tips or tricks? What are they doing with their inventory system or what's going on here to, uh, to where I can, uh, You know kind of implement that into my uh, content so That's kind of what I try to do is figure out what I can kind of implement with these different content creators and figure out like Hey, um you know, what are these people doing and what can I do to kind of interact and, and add that to what I'm doing?
0: So was that kind of how you why you decided to start doing the channel was to pick these other people's brains beyond what you were seeing on their own channels?
1: Um, Who, who's kind of like, <laughs> oh, this is my uh, roommate. Patty is here. Hi, hi, hey, Patty, <laughs> you want to say hi to everybody? No, actually, I'm a, I'm a landlord. Okay, Cool. <laughs> um yeah i'm i'm live right now on youtube You give me a few minutes i'll be right with you okay very cool all right thanks
0: so was that kind of why you decided to start was to kind of go after those people and ask questions that they weren't answering in their own videos
1: um well part of it is my my part of the idea is for me to be able to um uh was, was for me to be able to get watch time hours because it's difficult for me to film a five minute what's sold video. Uh and even if you had five hundred or a thousand people that would tune in to go watch one of these what's sold videos, you would need, you know, a whole bunch of them just to get your watch time hours in to get monetized on YouTube. Right. So the idea was to try to um what was to try to be able to get that way to help me get my watch time hours in on YouTube while helping other content creators help them get new viewers and subscribers of their channel help me get my watch time hours in help the audience help them and be able to ask questions and be able to kind of help them interact and and help them uh, learn things as well. So the whole idea is to try to be a win win for everybody, you know. Yeah.
0: And how did that work? I mean, how long did it take you to get to a point where you were monetized? Uh,
1: on youtube um i think it took me about 10 months 11 months i think 10 months to hit my thousand subscribers and maybe 11 months just to get my watch time hours in on youtube yeah. and then i was monetized because you guys don't know a lot of content creators you see people driving you know lamborghinis or living in mansions and stuff the vast majority of content creators you know they may work for a year or two three years of just creating content just trying to get to the point of getting monetized I think I read an article recently It said less than 1% of all content creators ever get monetized. So 99% of people don't. And I was just going to say, I've
0: done, I don't even know, 160 some episodes over the two plus years and I'm nowhere near (laughs) being monetized. So this is, uh, for me, it's solely a labor of love. I'm not, you know, hopefully at some point it will be monetized, but it's, I've got. Well, video. the thing
1: is even even if you do get monetized, you're making maybe 100, 200 bucks a month in ad revenue, it's not to the point where, you know, you're you know, where you can retire off of it or something, where you're making right. 5, 10, 15 grand a month that some of these people think that content creators do. I mean, you know, like I said, for most people, especially in the reselling niche, your CPM is maybe somewhere around $20, $25, and then it depends on your view count. And yeah, maybe you'll make an extra $100, $200 a month right. in ad revenue, but it's not, it's not something where you're like, oh, I'm monetized now on YouTube and I can just sit right. back and retire. You know, it doesn't always work like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So do you have a particular favorite YouTuber? Is there somebody that if you were going to recommend one channel other than yours and of course mine to someone who's just getting started out in reselling, who is there one person you would direct them to?
1: Um... One of my favorites probably is Chris from Daily Refinement. So if you guys get a chance, you could go by and check his content out and watch his content a lot. Um, I don't. I feel like after two years of just talking about reselling all the time, I don't know, if burned out of it. I get kind of bored of just talking about like, hey, I bought this item for fifty cents and it sold for twenty bucks. There's only so many times that you can kind of recreate that will where you feel like you're kind of You know doing a rerun episode every week so yeah i mean if you go by and check out chris from daily refinement um i live in tampa so i'm kind of partial to my friends from rally roots here uh rockstar flipper Uh, most of the bigger channels know what they're talking about but there are some people that are youtubers that are making reselling content and there's other people that are resellers that just happen to have a youtube channel you know so yeah
0: now you mentioned that you don't and a lot of people don't make a ton of money on YouTube and I, I, I get the sense that you're one of the kind of multiple income stream guys. So tell us what, what all are the ways that you are making money? You've got YouTube and obviously reselling. What what else are you doing uh, to kind of earn your income?
1: Um. Well, right now I have my five main things that i do to pay the bills uh, my main source of income is my regular nine to five job and i work as the independent contractor a 1099 independent contractor for a courier company and a courier company that basically needs a taxi driver for boxes and they need people to drive from city a to b pick up boxes and deliver them so that's pretty much it um and they'll contact me i try to work on nights and weekends and holidays when nobody else wants to work there's hardly any traffic on the road and i will maybe i'm in tampa now i may drive up to gainesville or go to orlando pick up a box pick up that box in orlando drop it back off in tampa and they'll pay you a hundred dollars to deliver that box which doesn't yeah. sound like a lot of money until you're like well what if you did four, five, six of them in a night you know and it can it can start to add up because they may call you up and say hey i need you to go to orlando And then while you're heading towards the East Coast, another run may get called in to go to Melbourne. And that run box may pay $165. Then while you're in Melbourne, they may have two boxes in Melbourne that need to go to Gainesville. And they may pay $175. Then you're up in Gainesville and they may say, hey, you're already in Gainesville coming back to Tampa. We got two more boxes in Gainesville that got to go back to Tampa. So I work that as kind of. I don't know it's just an app on your phone and whenever you want to work you'll text dispatch and let them know you're available and whenever you want to be off you can be off uh so that's my main source of income back in january when i was really busy i made 10 grand in a month working as a courier so you can probably make anywhere between five to ten grand a month depending on how much you work i only get paid strictly on commission and the way that it's set up is the courier company Uh, pays me 60% of every delivery I do, and then they get 40%. So that's basically what I do as a work as a courier. Um, My second thing is I do eBay. I mean, I was checking out your eBay store. I think you have uh, 9,000 items in your eBay store or something, 9,200. I think I'm right around 7,800, almost 8,000 items in my eBay store. And I basically get inventory for pennies on the dollar. And I'll try to buy wholesale lots. And then I get stuff, for example, I was at the pawn shop the other day and I was getting DVDs new in the shrink wrap for a quarter a piece. And then I was turning around and reselling them on eBay for 20, 25, 30 dollars. Like there's one right here called Kiss of the Super of the Spider Woman or something. You know, I paid a quarter for it and it sells on eBay for 30 bucks and it's relatively easy. I just scan the barcode, take a picture front and back, post it on eBay and when it sells, Put it in a six-by-nine padded envelope, drop it in the mailbox, and ship it off to the customer. Um, so that's uh, another source of income. Number three is YouTube. Like I said, it's not a ton of money. You just uh, make YouTube content just like we're doing now. And um, you know, once you get a 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of watch time, uh, YouTube will you will get monetized on YouTube. And you'll get an uh, ad revenue check from YouTube at the end of the month. And it's maybe $100, $200 a month. Uh, Another thing that I do is I have affiliate links, and if someone happens to click on your affiliate link and then buy something, my main affiliates are eBay and Amazon, and then if they click on your affiliate link and buy something, you'll get a small commission from that. I think my first week when I signed up for eBay, I think I made $87 or something my first week uh, just working as an affiliate, and then recently, maybe a couple months ago, I signed up to work for uh, Amazon Flex. And it's just an app on your phone, and whenever you want to work, you can work, and whenever you want to be off, you can be off. And uh, they have these little blocks on your phone, and you can pick up blocks or shift with Amazon. You drive your car to the Amazon warehouse. They have Amazon packages. They have a little route that you do, and um, once your route is completed, you're done. Uh, for example, I think I did a block last week. It was uh, the block paid ninety dollars, it and it's for a three hour shift. I got done in two hours. So you made $90 in two hours. It was 45 bucks an hour for two hours of your your day. You go in, you pick up the packages, you scan the little barcode. The app will tell you that you're at the right house, you're at the right location. You scan the barcode, put the package on the front porch, you take a picture, and then you keep it moving. So um, those are my main five streams of income that I have right now. Like I said, um, Courier, eBay, YouTube, affiliate links, and then Amazon Flex.
0: Do you only sell on eBay, or do you do Amazon, Etsy, Mercari, any of the other? Do you do the cross listing thing? Right.
1: Right now, my main goal is to try to get my eBay store to ten thousand active items on my eBay store, and then once I get to ten thousand items, uh, I have been. I have a friend of mine, and he bet me. My friend of mine uh, bet. I bet him that he wasn't going to start a YouTube channel, and he says, "Okay, well, if I start a YouTube channel, you have to start selling on Amazon." So he did a couple of weeks ago. Um, he started his YouTube channel. And so I have to hold up my end of the deal. So sometime this summer, I'm going to be selling probably on Amazon FBA. Uh, I just haven't got around to it yet. Uh, but right now I just mainly sell on eBay. That's the only platform that I sell on. Because when you're moving around, like I, I'm usually doing something six, seven days a week. So I don't want to have to go back on Macari or these other platforms right. and delist an item that I sold and do all this stuff. If, if I can... Cool an item of something that I sold on eBay, box it up, put it in a bubble mailer, put a shipping label on it, drop in the mailbox. I'm cool with that. But trying to manage multiple platforms at once, it can seem to be difficult. You know, it is.
0: <laughs> I can attest because I'm selling on four. Bonanza automatically syncs with eBay, but uh, Mercari and Etsy, you manually have to go in and. You, I guess you can set up lists perfectly, which I use to monitor your inventory and you can list and delist through that. But I was so deep in with already 6,000 listings when I got started that I didn't go down that path. So do you have particular items that you look for or just anything that you think you can make a buck on? Do you have like a niche that you specify?
1: Yeah, um, well, Ryan, me and you are pretty similar in the way that we do our eBay business. You know, we both try to buy big wholesale lots and bulk lots of merchandise. Uh, right now, I stick to CDs, DVDs, Blu-rays, video games, VHS tapes, audiobooks, stuff that fall in the media niche and category. Uh, because what happened was when we were still under the PayPal system and when they eBay switched us over from the PayPal system to the managed payment system, eBay kind of changed the rules of the game. And so now, if you have the basic store subscription, which is like $21 a month, eBay will give you 10,000 free listings as long as it falls in those select categories. And just so happens that all the items that I sell happen to be in those select categories. So I don't get nickel and dime every month for whatever they used to charge people, 50 cents or a quarter or nickel or a dime for having items in those select categories. So now, since my items fall in those select categories, like I said, I get ten thousand free listings in those select categories, plus they still give you a thousand listings in general merchandise right. as
0: well. Yep. What kind of what kind of turnover do you have? If you're if you've got a store that's got eight thousand items in it, about how many items do you think you sell in a month? Do you keep track of that or I know a lot of folks don't seem to monitor give, give me one second.
1: My internet is <laughs> lagging for some reason.
0: While you're looking at that, we'll say a couple other hellos here. Uh, Brandy, my reseller treasure, thanks for stopping by.
1: There we go. I'm back. I apologize. That's okay. We're frozen again? No, nope. I think you're good. So Okay.
0: About how many items do you sell a month, do you think?
1: Um, well, I, I I um I was doing enough money just on revenue to to on eBay to pretty much pay most of my bills every month, you know, to pay the rent and uh, car insurance, cell phone bills, most of my bills every month. Uh, recently this past month, uh, you guys, if you're an eBay seller, you know if you do promoted listings, I was doing one percent promoted listings right. on all my items on eBay. And then eBay had this thing where they're like, oh, well, we need to show our shareholders that we're making more money. So they kind of kicked everybody off this 1% promoted listings and put everybody to make it to where you have to use 2% promoted listings. So in the past month, um, I think back in July or something, uh, I was talking to my friend, one of your previous guests you've had on, Steve resold Dojo. And I reached out to him and asked him what he did in the situation. And he says he does everything in his eBay store, 5% promoted listings. So previously, up until about a month ago, I was doing about 50%. So about half of my items would sell organically, and the other half would do promoted listings. Uh, And so he was just like, just try it for a month and see. See if it makes a difference in your sales. He's like, if you try it out for a month, you don't like it, you can always go back to doing what you were doing. So I've tried it in the past month. And now my uh, percentage in sales on eBay, I probably did. I looked at my recent sales. I probably did 30 promoted listing sales. Versus like five regular organic sales. So right. I kind of, I just, I've tried it out for a month or so to see how I like it. And like I said, I raised up my promoted listings on everything in my store to 5%. Because I was thinking I'm sending out offers to watchers of more than 5%. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. you know, you should offer to watcher and I'm sending them a 10% discount. Or if I'm doing it in my store on sale for 10, 15% off. Well, why not just do promoted listings for 5%? and get the extra traffic and sell the item for full price. Because what's 5% of a $20 item? It's $1. You know what I mean? It's it's like if you sold, what, a $10 item for 5% of that, it's like 50 cents or something. Right. So you have to kind of pay to play. And I never have done that in the past because I was around when eBay was selling items long before they had promoted listings. So I'm like, right. all my items sold previously without having to do promoted listings, why should I have to pay an extra fee to get my items listed? But what you guys don't understand is like, I don't know, just grab an item. Let's just say, let's say I'm selling this CD, for example, on eBay, and maybe my CD in the past, maybe there are only four or five people on eBay that's selling that same exact item. Now there may be 200 people selling the same exact item as you, the same condition, same color, same cost, same shipping, same price tag, and you kind of figure out what's going to kind of differentiate you from the other competitors. And I don't want to have a race to the bottom syndrome where maybe the item was $15 and I'm like, well, I'm going to sell mine for 12. Well, I'm going to sell mine for 11, you know? And right. I don't really agree with that race to the bottom thing. So I've tried that out for the past month, trying to do this promoted listing and my sales have gone up. And like I said, I don't, I don't need that much money to pay all my bills every month. Um, I pay my rent, which is like five fifty a month. Car insurance is like $200 a month. My cell phone bill is like 80. And then, um, the rest is just gas and groceries, you know. That's right. about it. Utility bill is like maybe a hundred bucks a month, so I can pay all my bills every month with like maybe a thousand dollars to be able to pay everything. Right. So um, yeah, I can pretty much pay most of all my bills just with eBay alone if I wanted to. Are you
0: still? Do you still send out offers when you see when they yeah. pop up in that? So you're st- you're doing the promoted listing, and then if somebody watches it and doesn't buy it at full price, did you change the amount of the offer that you send out? You were doing say 10 or 15%, did you lower it to account for now having to pay the extra,
1: whatever it is, 5% for the promoted? No. Well, because most of my items that I sell, or I think when I talked to my friend, Chris from daily refinement, I think he told me like 80% or whatever. I think he said 80, 80 or 90% of all the items on eBay that sell are all items that are $30 and below. So guess what? Majority of the items that I sell on my store, I kind of priced mine $30 and below. Because if it's more than that, they might have to explain to their husband or wife or whoever, like, hey, why did you buy this XYZ video game for $60? Well, right. if it's nineteen ninety nine, you know, or whatever, they may not say nothing about it. But if it's over a certain price point, then you're kind of pricing yourself out of 80% of the market of buyers that want to buy your item. But it's got to fall on the certain price point, you know. And so um, most of my items fall on that price point. So, no, I'm just kind of thinking like, okay. If I have to pay an extra 50 cents or something for doing promoted listings or a dollar, I just kind of tie that into the cost of goods because I'm getting the stuff right. for a quarter, 50 cents, 75 cents. I'm getting the stuff so cheap to where, like I said earlier, I'm buying a DVD at the pawn shop for a quarter and selling it for $30. I've got enough margin there, enough wiggle room where I'm fine. And like right. I said, if I'm sending out offers to watchers anyways and giving them 10, 11% off discount to trying to ping them and get their attention to generate more sales. Why not just pay to get the extra traffic to get the extra yeah. eyeball on your items? You know.
0: Now, have you done the new um, promoted listing advance where you're paying per click as opposed to paying w- only when they buy? You have any? Interest no, I haven't.
1: In... I haven't done that yet. No.
0: Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't. I don't think either of us sell the items that would make sense to do that. Um, if you had like a big quantity of one, whatever, a widget then maybe it would make sense. But for the type of stuff that we're typically buying, I don't, I don't think it would make good sense. Uh, Eric says that's a good call on the promoted listings and that he thinks he needs to try them. Um, I actually watched a video from somebody the other day. I, I think it was the rise and grind picker. And he was talking about how promoted listings increased his sales by, he said, almost double. So, Maybe there's something to it. I don't know if it depends on the product categories that you're in or if it's just a blanket. It seems like it has a big impact, but it's clearly something that's working for a lot of sellers.
1: Well, like I said, when I had mine at 1% promoted listings, I was doing one organic and one promoted. It was about 50%. And since I've tried this experiment the past month, it's been like 30 promoted, like five organic. So you can see the traffic increase about five times fold, but it should because I raised it up from 1% to 5%. So yeah, you can do, you you can, all I say is try it out for 30 days or 60 days. If you don't like making all these extra sales, you can go right back to putting <laughs> it at one or 2% to where you had it. And the thing is, in, the, in your brain, eBay's forcing you to put it at 2% anyways. So we're only talking about going from 2% to 5%. Right, I'm not right. saying go 20 miles over the speed limit. I'm saying if they're they're forcing you at 2%, just try to go up three more percentage points and just try it out for 30 days, 60 days or whatever and see if you like it or not. If, if you're not getting the increased sales and it's not worth it to you, the cool thing about promoted listings is you only have to pay for the promoted right. listings if it results in a sale. If right. it doesn't I mean, result in a sale and someone is just kicking the tires on the item, you don't have to pay the extra fee only after the item sells.
0: Right, I was just gonna say that it's a perfect experiment because there's no upfront cost. If nobody buys anything, you haven't lost anything by signing up for it, so you might as well give it a shot. <laughs> uh eric says his store is slow he does uh sounds like mostly trading cards i don't know i don't know enough about trading cards to comment whether that would be a good good place for promoted listings i feel like there's a lot of people selling trading cards so it might be a good opportunity um how do you source your stuff you've mentioned pawn shops and you like wholesale lots where kind of where do you go what's your primary way to get merchandise
1: I have a guy, you know, you've seen Lonnie from (laughs) Chef Flip. He has has a guy. Well, I have a guy as well. And I was uh, messaging people on OfferUp looking for deals. And I would type in wholesale lots of merchandise of, you know, CDs, DVDs, Blu rays, video games, whatever. And I kept seeing this same guy pop up over and over and over again when I was looking on OfferUp. And he was just a local guy. And what this guy does is he buys big storage units, he buys big. what what you know what is that called? Estate sales. He buys. He has got huge. Like I don't know if it's a warehouse, but he has several storage units of merchandise, and it's a reoccurring guy. And so I would found this guy online. He had a bunch of DVDs that are new in the shrink wrap, and I think he was asking maybe a dollar a piece for them. And I messaged a guy and I told him I said, Hey man, I usually will pay about a quarter or fifty cents a piece for merchandise new in the shrink wrap at the pawn shop, and I was just like, Can we come to some type of agreement? So he's at a dollar, I'm at fifty cents, and we're haggling back and forth for two or three months, mind you. I'd message a guy a month later, hey, how you doing? I'm doing well, Jeff. What do you want? And we would we would message back and <laughs> forth. And now I got him down to my price, which is sixty cents, because I want the guy to eat. I want the guy to make a little sure. bit of money. when is is make it worth it for him, and then I need to be able to make a return. So one of my latest sourcing videos I showed on my YouTube channel was I was showing you guys how I spent three hundred dollars on merchandise. And I bought 500 items uh, that were all new in the shrink, brand new, it hasn't been picked over and none of that. So basically think about it, instead of you buying a whole pallet of merchandise, I don't have a truck or a trailer to haul it away in. So I get wholesale lots of merchandise. So I'll message my guy. I'm not gonna he doesn't he doesn't want to be on YouTube, so I'm not gonna put his information right. out there, but I would message my guy on offer off or have him call him or text him and say, Hey man, I'm ready to buy some inventory. I'd meet him in a McDonald's parking lot. And I would say, here you go. Here's your $300. And he would say, here you go. Here's your 500 items of media items. And I'm telling you, man. I mean, it's 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 kind of crazy because like when you're getting stuff for 60 cents, and then you're turned around the next day, and the stuff's selling for 20, 30 dollars, and you literally just picked it up the day before. Uh, it doesn't take much for you to get your money back. So if I paid $300, right. let's just assume that if each item I can get, let's just say, assume bare minimum, I can get $10 a piece per item. Okay let's just assume that, times 500 items. So you have $5,000 worth of inventory, okay? Now, my cost of goods was $300. I don't have my notebook in front of me, but your cost of goods was $300. So we started off with $300. We got $500 worth of inventory. My cost of goods was $300. Let's just say your eBay fees, just for the purpose of this example, is 14%. So let's say that's another $700. You're still going to be left with about $4,000 of oh, profit yeah. margin when these all these items sell. Um, it's just a matter of you're selling a large quantity of merchandise as opposed to as opposed to me selling 10 items for $50 a piece. I might have to sell, you know, if I'm selling 10, 15 $20 items, I might have to sell 500 of them. So you're just selling a larger volume of items. But anyways, yeah, I'll message my guy up and say, hey, I'm ready to buy inventory. I'll give him the $300. He'll give me my 500 items. And then I'll go through and start scanning barcodes, posting them, and, Whenever I have free time, post them on eBay. And then whenever they sell, I'll box them up and ship them out. But like I said, i also go to pawn shops. There's a pawn shop over in Clearwater. It's about an hour away. But when I'm in the neighborhood, I always swing by. Last week, I was in there. Like I said, they had DVDs for a quarter apiece. Because people see all these streaming services and Netflix, and they think that media items have no value. Right, right. And so, I mean, I spent, I got maybe 55 I spent $18 and some change there at this pawn shop. And I promise you, I probably walked out of there with maybe five, six hundred dollars in profit and it took maybe five minutes out of my day. So it's just not it's it's not a very good use of my time to go and hit up five different thrift stores or ten different pawn shops. I try to just get big wholesale lots of merchandise right. whenever I can. But yeah, just using that example of going to the pawn shop, you walk in there I would just, everything that was still new and still in the shrink wrap, if it's something that I've never seen or heard of before, I would just grab it and put it on the shelf because in my mind, you're buying something for a quarter. If worst case scenario, it sells for $10, what's that? An 80X rate of return on your money before you take out your cost of goods and eBay fees? So you can't lose. The stuff's brand new in the shrink wrap. And the cool thing about it is there's a very good chance that it's not going to be available in Walmart or Target or Best Buy. So whoever it is, whoever your target consumer is that's looking for that item, they're not going to find it at Walmart or Target or Best Buy. They got to go to eBay or Amazon right, to find right. this particular item. And if it's a rare item and you're the only one that has it, now instead of that item being ten, twelve, fifteen dollars, maybe now you can charge twenty-five or thirty because it's about the supply and demand of that particular product. But yeah, that's basically what I try to do as far as look for wholesale lots of merchandise.
0: Yeah, that's obviously, if you've watched my channel at all, you know, I'm not necessarily wholesale. I'm not dealing. I don't, I don't have a guy, (laughs) uh, (laughs) but I've, I've managed to find people like I've talked about previously. I've got some estate sellers that will reach out to me at the end of their sales and they'll be like, Hey, we got a half a house worth of books left. Do you want to come get them? And I'll, sometimes I'll get those for the same kind of thing, 10, 15, 20 cents a piece. And yeah, there's some duds in there, but by and large, it doesn't take very long to recoup your money. So that's, One of the really cool things about this business is there's so many ways to make money. You can do like we're doing these big wholesale lots, pennies on the dollar, or you can go buy vintage electronics for hundreds of dollars and sell them for thousands of dollars. I mean, it's just however you want to do it. As long as you kind of figure out, you know, get some expertise in that area and then put in the work, you can make killer money doing this and have the freedom and the flexibility to kind of, do the other things you want to do, whether you want to have like multiple income streams or you just want to knock off every day at three o'clock or whatever, (laughs) whatever floats your boat. I mean, it's just, it's a crazy way to make money, but what are your, what are your plans going forward? What do you kind of want to do? Do you want to keep doing the courier thing or would you like your eBay business to be big enough to be able to stop Um, that or kind of, what are you thinking?
1: Well, I'm really big in real estate. I'm a licensed real estate agent here in the state of Florida. And so my goal is this summer, I'm trying to get, I think I'm trying to get my eBay store up to about 10,000 items active, which is very hard. There's only a handful of people that I've talked to, maybe less than 10, that can reach that milestone of getting 10,000 active items in their eBay store. So I'm working on that. I'm working on getting my broker's license this summer to, to be a uh licensed broker in the state of realist in the state of florida um, right now i'm in the process of getting my notary commission if you guys don't know there are people that have notary license and when people buy or sell a house or refinance they need a notary to sign their paperwork and you get to be your own boss you get to make your own schedule and i mean there are people i was talking to a friend of mine that lives in california and he makes seventeen thousand dollars a month so imagine that you go in you work your nine to five job and you're making five six seven hundred dollars a day just sign in documents and you get to be your own boss and make up your own schedule. So I'm in the process of getting my notary license right now. I'm in the process of growing and scaling my eBay store. I would like to get my broker's license in the future. Uh, so that way if you buy and resell a home, you don't have to pay all the commission to a real estate agent because you're representing yourself in that transaction. So which means when you want to buy a house, you bring less money to closing to close on that house. Because you can, you, you, it, there's a lot of little tricks that you have to learn. Right. But you know, those are a couple of projects that I'm working on. I have a sponsor that's coming on my YouTube channel in the next nice. two, three weeks. We're working on uh, ironing out the details. So I'm going to have a new sponsor on my YouTube channel. And um, other than that, man, I've had a bad... The past two, three weeks have been rough for me, man. My, the landlord who just came by to visit me, they have the house up for sale. So I may be in the process of moving soon. And gotcha. uh, my car was overheating. So my car was in the shop. And then last week I had food poisoning. So I was oh, in man. bed for two three weeks and had a fever and vomiting and all that stuff. So that's just the way life goes. You have good days and bad days. And some days you're just like, you just want to smack the alarm clock and go back yeah. to bed. And no other days things go real well. So, um, but yeah, those are a couple of things that I'm working on. Um, like I said, I would like to grow my eBay store. Grow the YouTube channel to 10,000 subscribers. I'm at around maybe 6,000 right now. Yeah, uh, I want to hit 10,000 active listings on eBay. Like I said, I'm working on getting my notary commission. I want to get my broker's license this summer. Things like that. And then possibly, um, you know, my girlfriend, she wants to buy a house. So we may settle down and buy a house instead of being mm-hmm. renters in the future. But those are just a couple of things off the top of my head that I'm kind of working on in the background.
0: Nice. So where, where do you store? 8,000 items. How, are they there at the house or do you have like an offsite facility or what? What? Cause I can tell you what my place is like. It's a mess.
1: <laughs> you got to plan ahead where, where I'm living at right now. You saw my landlord or my roommate come by to visit me a minute ago. Um, we have a, a house. It's kind of a trailer. It's like a three bedroom, two bathroom house. And I'm living in now and it has a shed in the backyard and it has a big five car garage. So, you know, uh, that was the whole plan. Uh, for me, it was to store all my eBay merchandise. Yeah. And where I live out in Tampa, I mean, the average rent here is like $2,000 a month. So my whole plan was, since I'm a single guy, I don't have any wife and kids or anybody else to take care of. It's just me. My plan was to move out here, store all my eBay merchandise. Most of it's either in my bedroom, which is my processing room where I scan all my barcodes and take photographs and list stuff. And then the holding room, the holding cell, that's the shed in the backyard. And then when the items sell, I just go and pull the items and chip them out. But we have a big, if you go to my channel, I have a big shed, I don't know the dimensions of it, but it's huge. And we have a big shed in the back and I have a big five car garage. And I did that specifically to have a place to put my eBay stuff, thinking right. that I should, in theory, generate enough revenue from eBay to cover the rent and cover my expenses where I'm living at. So basically you're almost close to living for free pretty much, you know?
0: Yep. Well, and plus the stuff that you're selling CDs, DVDs, Blu-rays are not, they're not huge. They don't take up a ton of space. I mean, if you got 8,000 of them, obviously they take up quite a bit of room, but it's not like you're selling stereo receivers or video game systems that take up a lot of space. So you can get five, six, 7,000 of them, I'm sure into a a nice size shed and that. So yeah. well, I know we're bumping up against, uh, you said you had to get going a little early here. So I want to close with just a couple of quick get to know you kind of questions uh what's your favorite movie of all time
1: oh man i was gonna say forrest gump but as i've got older um probably the rocky series because i kind of relate to the to being that that type of rocky character kind of an undertrodden guy who is trying to find his way in the world and this kind of an underdog type of story so that's probably one of my favorites is the whole rocky series of him going around being a Uh, a a loan shark person and he's got his coach and his mentor in his ear saying, hey, you could be a contender if you just do what I tell you to do. And he's got this whole love story where he's chasing after this girl and his manager saying, hey, stay away from women. And he's, you know, he's just an average guy, you know, probably in his late 30s and he's fighting against Apollo Creed who's supposed to be the Muhammad Ali of his day. So that to me just whenever I get a chance um, just to kind of listen to the clips of the video when i'm out traveling throughout my day that's probably one of my favorite movies of the rocky series
0: very cool how about a favorite band or
1: musician um it varies um some of my favorite bands are like papa roach uh, metallica rage against the machine oh, a ton ton of bands but here lately as i'm getting older i actually listen to more podcasts and audio books and stuff when i'm out yeah. traveling but um when i was younger that would be it i would probably listen to Hopper Road, Raids Against the Machine, Metallica, ACDC, that type of stuff. But right. like now, as I'm running around traveling, I can learn things and then apply some of this knowledge of stuff that I'm doing when I'm out running errands and apply yeah. it into the real world. You just yeah. never know, you know.
0: And last thing for you, if you had one piece of advice for an aspiring either a YouTuber or a reseller, what would it be?
1: Oh, man. With YouTube, um, the my best things with YouTube is to try to just be consistent on YouTube, try to collaborate like we're doing now, collaborate with other people, and be consistent, collaborate, and comment. If you will go and find other people in your niche and your market, and do 10, 15, 20 of them a day, and just comment on other people's channels that are in your niche and your market, and leave a comment saying, hey, great video, have a great day, thumbs up, something. Leave comments, because someone's gonna come through, find your comment, click through your channel, and you'd be surprised and you get five or 10 new subscribers a day just through going around leaving comments and being supportive yeah. of other people in the community. So I would do that. As far as being a reseller, there's so many different ways to skin a cat. My biggest thing is just to get started. Uh, don't be one of those people who are frustrated because you're like, my sales are slow. Just keep listing items and keep being out here sourcing and get more inventory. And you know the thing is with reselling is very much like buying a house. You make money on the buy, not necessarily yeah, when you absolutely. sell it. So just try to find something where you're going to have some equity in the items and get the stuff for cheap. You know, one of the biggest things that I noticed being a reseller is instead of me buying some used VCR for $5 and selling it for $50, I can now take my same $5, go to the pawn shop, buy 10 DVDs. And even if those 10 DVDs only sell for $10 a piece, I've now turned my $5 into $100 of potential sales. Versus in p- turning my five dollars into one VCR that I can maybe sell for fifty bucks, and then nice. when you go home and you clean it, you test it, you're taking measurements, you're answering all the questions, you're boxing it up and shipping this heavy VCR, and then it gets to the customer and it gets broken or lost in transit right. or they want a refund or something. You know, yeah. you're you're going to have losses. You know, you're going to have customers that want a refund or your item got lost in the mail. Keep your cost of goods low, so that way if somebody calls me up and they say, Hey, Jeff, I want a refund. I'm like bro, no problem. I've got fifty cents tied up yeah. in the item. You need a refund? There you go. Have a good day. So yeah. that way, I'm not worried about it. If someone, I'm not, I'm not selling a three hundred dollar pair of Jordans. I'm selling a video game for thirty dollars that I bought at the pawn shop for a dollar. So if someone needs a refund and they're not happy, right. yep. keep your customers happy and keep your feedback up. So those, those would be a couple of things like Jim's that I would tell you guys. It's just think about that because those ten dollar sales, they add up just as much as a fifty dollar sale does. It's right. like you walk right by a, a, a DVD that you can buy for 50 cents and sell for 20. Meanwhile, you would run over there and grab that VCR for $5 and sell it for 50, knowing right. that now I could take that same $5 and turn $5 into 100 and 20x on money instead of 10x on money and do way less work, and I can get those 10 items listed faster than you can list one VCR. Right. So think Plus about it's,
0: that. It's steady income. I You sell two, three, four, five items a day where if you've got that one VCR that you're waiting for the right person to come along that's looking for a specific Sony, XLV, whatever. You can sit on that thing for a while where if you've got 10 different DVDs, you've got a much better opportunity, I think, to have somebody pop on one. Well,
1: because you have have more items listed in your store and then obviously having more items listed is going to generate more sales. So, I mean, there's little tricks you can do. Like I said, you could do promoted listings. You could send offers to watchers. But the biggest thing with eBay is just listing more items. I mean, if you look at my friend Chris from Daily Refinement, I think before his eBay store was taken down, he had over 17,000 items in his eBay store. You look at my friend, and we give him a quick shout out, uh, My Boring Reseller Life, or if you check him out, Urban Picker, he's got 36,000 items in his eBay store. And if you go check him out, he's consistently doing $1,000 a day on eBay. Easy. But he's got 36,000 items in his eBay store. He's been doing it for 20 years. So don't just expect everything's going to happen overnight, you know? It's okay. If you have 3,000 or 5,000 items in your eBay store, I don't have 150,000 like Mr. Buys a lot, but just work with what you got. And the biggest thing is you got to reinvest your capital when to get more inventory. I see people that are like, Hey, I made all these sales and now I'm going on vacation. And then when they get back from their vacation, they're back to zero again because the money that they made in in profit, they spend on a vacation or a cruise and now they have to go spend more money to get inventory. So, Anyways, that's just a couple things off the top of my head that I would leave you guys with. I appreciate it. I appreciate
0: you taking the time to join us today. If you're not following Jeff, uh, there are links to both his YouTube channel and his Instagram in the show notes in the description below. So please be sure to go over there and check it out. Uh, just as a side note, uh, we will be doing another interview next week. Uh, it won't be live, uh, but we'll be interviewing Uh, The Media Picker on Instagram will be talking about primarily CDs and that sort sort of stuff on the show. So if you're available to catch that, uh, that will probably be be out next Thursday. With that, we're going to close for today. Again, I appreciate everybody that stopped out in the chat. Jeff, again, thank you so much for coming out and spending some time with us today. And now, as always, it's time to sell. Thanks, guys.